0: It's Thanksgiving week here in America, but wherever you are, I hope you find much cause to be grateful. I've spent the past several episodes talking about staying and leaving ministry and I wasn't going to say any more, but given my own experience of futility, joined with the publication of a couple of intriguing essays in the Atlantic. I wanted to make sure that I had taken seriously the current pressure on ministry. My heart here is to express that, contrary to reason, and to the Borg, futility is resistible. And by the way, if you'd like to help support this work, you can do so by dropping a few coins in my tip jar. Thanks so much. Oh, my favorite, people are broken Believe me, my heart should know. Psychologist and author Andrew Solomon writes that there is a difference between those wanting to kill themselves and those wishing themselves dead. The latter want the pain to go away. The former are willing to act on that desire. There is a similar, though less destructive, distinction among pastors. Some, many perhaps, often wish they could escape ministry's sharp edges others act on that desire. Uh, The current American political climate inflamed by the uncertainties of the pandemic has made pastoral ministry suddenly distasteful and unbearable for many practitioners. If the reports are accurate, many more than in the past are choosing to leave, and I condemn no one for this decision. These are personal, complex, and often extremely painful decisions. I fully understand the desire. In the inaugural post of Great Hearts Table, I mentioned that my friend BJ and I meet monthly over wings and beer, and we talk about many things, and at times, frequently actually, we talk about quitting ministry. Uh, Neither of us has acted on that, obviously, but we take turns talking each other out of doing so. In our last meeting, it was my turn to want to quit. Pastoral ministry, for me, was feeling unbearably futile. Elizabeth Felicetti, rector of St. David's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia, in an essay for The Atlantic, cracks a window on those feelings. She says, in 2020, no one could come to church. Now, some of my parishioners are choosing not to. But it's not just that. She goes on, when others tell me that 47 people have joined their church since the beginning of the pandemic— Expletives dance in my head. <laughs> I, too, at time, entertain the expletives. Uh, further peering into modern pastoral experience, Peter Wainer, a senior fellow at the Ethics and Policy Center and an evangelical Christian in another Atlantic essay, comes close to the source of futility. In referring to a conversation he had with Alan Jacobs, a professor at Baylor University, Wainer writes this, Culture teaches us what matters and what views we should take about what matters. Our current political culture, Jacobs argues, has multiple technologies and platforms for catechizing. Television, radio, Facebook, Twitter, and podcasts among them. People subject themselves to its catechesis all day long, every single day, hour after hour after hour. End of quote. When I was a boy, my cousin Danny and I played by the Baltimore and Ohio railroad tracks near where we lived. We threw stones at the passing freight trains, trying to catch the ridges on the boxcars. When our aim was good, the stone would shatter. The train, of course, never slowed. Conscientious pastors labor over their sermons for hours so as to instruct, to catechize, their congregants well. They pour their hearts into preaching those sermons. The congregation spends 30 minutes listening to the sermon and then 6 to 10 hours the rest of the day scrolling their phones and listening to cable news. The stone shatters, the train is not slowed, expletives dance in our head, and resistance, say the Borg, is futile. So I needed my friend BJ that night to remind me that futility itself is, in fact, resistible. He insisted that if God did not let Elijah quit, there was no way he was letting me off the hook just because I was in a funk. Coming off his greatest sermon, Elijah protested to God concerning his own sense of futility. I have been very jealous for the Lord, Elijah says, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. I think expletives may have danced in Elijah's head as well. The people are listening to everyone but me. Why bother doing this any longer? No one cares. It's futile. But God didn't buy it. His encouragement to Elijah was gentle but firm and it included this bit of data. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. I protested to BJ that 7,000 didn't seem a very large number. Nevertheless, I agreed that I needed to keep such things in mind. God was in charge. I signed up for another day. Feelings of futility must be, in the end, resisted. Which all brought to mind missionary author Edith Schaeffer's wonderful image of the tapestry. On one side of a tapestry is a beautiful and intricate work of art. The other side, however, is a tangled and seemingly meaningless mess of threads. We pastor on the backside, in the mess and tangle where people live. And though unable to see the beauty the artist is weaving, we trust him to make it beautiful great hearts table is published on the first second and fourth mondays of each month in both audio and print format i hope you will email me with comments and questions so that i can better know you and i hope you'll subscribe and encourage others to do so thanks for joining us at great hearts table i am randy greenwald pastor of covenant presbyterian church of Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found, called home. Take a lift to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness, called home.